0: Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Glad to have you with me on demand. My favorite, one of my favorite, favorite places to be because you get the word of God in your hand when you want to on demand. You want to get it. So you're with me today. So let me take you on this journey. We're talking about too slow, how people move too slow to understand certain things. And I talked about four seasons. This is the fourth season. Sometimes you have that childhood season. Think the children are going to be there forever and they're not. Then there's that teenage season. You say, oh, God, please let them get out of this season. And you've been a teenager, right? Like you don't know what I'm talking about because you've been there. You've been in the childhood season and the teenage season. Then you get to that adult season. This is the I am free. I am now in charge of my life. You can't tell me what to do anymore. <laughs> you want to take the reins of your life. But if you're not careful, you'll make bad choices. You got to make good choices. And we'll talk about that. We talked about that in part three. Today, we talk about the senior citizen season. Now, this is the season when you're waiting to die. This is the season. If you're not careful, you have no more plans for your future. You have nothing else you want to do. You're just sitting around waiting. So you want to stay with me today through this fourth sermon. It's really good, impactful, helpful, and in, I want to say, uh, (laughs) I want to make a word called informational. Okay. That doesn't work. How about this? It's helpful. Downright helpful. Stay there. I'll come back and pray for you at the end of the message. Man, this is going to be good. Stay there. Well, glad you're back. Let's get to the word today. I want to take you on a journey and talk about seniors today, understanding the seasons. This is called Too Slow. We've four parts to this sermon. Talking about the that season of your life when you have young people, right? You got those children, <laughs> that childhood season. We talked about how that season seemed like it's going to last forever. Never go away. And so you want to make sure you get these notes because it does go away. You want to make sure you get these notes and look at what I said in front of you right there. Get your camera out, click it. If you like to write this down, go on the website, pull down the notes and follow me along. It's going to be helpful to you because all of us learn something. But sometimes we are too slow, too slow, too slow. And if you're too slow to understand the season you're in, you will not take the responsibilities of that season seriously. And you'll miss your boat if you're not careful. So we talked about that, that childhood season and we talked about what that's like, and then we talked about teenage season. That's the season you want to feel like, man, listen, I am almost free. I'm getting ready to get out of here, I'm gonna take control of my life. Then there's that third season, that's the adult season. And we talked about that last time, and that's the season where you, man, you are in charge. You now have the control of your life, but then it comes to this fourth season we're gonna talk about today. Now, here's what I believe in my life. I believe, as I mentioned earlier in our, our time together, that I, I, had a, I had a deficit in my life. I didn't have someone that was old enough to show me certain things, and that's what you need. You need older people in your life who are wise enough to show you, to give you a clear sense of insight, and who help you see things. In our study today, you're going to learn how easy it is for a person to, I guess, not get it even though they're older. And I want to show you a text that proves this point. And it's in the book of Joshua, chapter 14, verse 10. Now, I want you to listen carefully to what it says. Now, then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive. This is Caleb talking for 45 years since the time he said to this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still strong today as in, as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourselves heard that the Amalekites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will deliver them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb of Jephna and gave him Hebron in his inheritance. This is a conversation with a guy who was a senior citizen. He talks about his age. He's 85 years old. This is not the kind of conversation you expect an 85 year old person to have. Now, one of the things about the senior season of of life is you tend to, to wait to die. It's like, I have no dream. I have no promise. I have no goals. I have no ambitions. I am just rolling around waiting to die. If you're not careful, that's what happens. Not this guy. He is not 65. He's not 55. He's not 75. He is 85 years old and he has a vision for his life and a plan for his future. He's a guy guy who's clear about what he wants. My argument would be today that we are too slow sometimes to understand the power of a season. The, The senior season is one where you have more knowledge, more experience, more failures and successes than you've ever had in your life. Whatever you did wrong, you did some things right. You have learned from those mistakes. You are now positioned to make the best decisions of your life. But you have to be willing to respond to that. You can't be slow to accept that. You got to be quick to accept that. One of the things we've learned in all of our studies is the danger of going too slow. The danger of, and I almost spent the whole sermon series on that topic. Too slow to pray, too p- slow to deal with your, 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 your uh, physical challenges, too slow to, to say you're sorry, too slow to take care of yourself, too slow to get up and try, too slow, too slow. If you're not careful, you're too slow in some areas of your life. But I wanted to take it all and wrap it into those four packages because if we're really honest, the problem is in the season we're in, we're slow to respond to it. So if you're an adult person, you got to, I'm an adult. I got to, I can't have like a child, I'm not a teenager. I got to, I got I got to get in. If you're a teenager, you got to get ready. Can't be too slow because you're headed to adult season. You know, you got, if you're a young person, a child, younger person, you're going to be a teenager soon. You can't act like you're not. You're headed to teenage years. Don't be too slow to respond. Understand the season you're in and respond to it. I am 65. I'm a senior. I have to respond to the season of my life. Everything will hurt me if I'm not careful. My back, my lips, my knees, my toes. It all, I'm serious. Even the toes, doctor. You ever had them? It just uh, cramp up on you. It just that cramp. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. So, so let me say, I know what that is, Pastor Rick. Stop trying to be a doctor. Listen, it just just, just just freeze up on you, man. You, if you got to move them, you got to get the toes going. You got to get the neck going. Everything. You got to get the arms. You know, you got. You, OK. You know, you, you get you do. If you don't, it just it's, it starts freezing. You know, it's like that game. You remember when You say as the kid freeze. You know, oh, 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 baby, right there, right there. there it goes. You know, your back. Your your knees, everything. And so I learned in my life that I have to embrace the truth about my season. I have to embrace where I am. I have to embrace what this feels like. I have to embrace it and I have to learn how to respond to it. So notice with me, Caleb, his responses. I read them to you. This This is a guy who was one of the, like one of two guys who went in the promised land. Everybody that was 20 years and older didn't get to go in the promised land everybody that was 19 and below did. So God basically chopped out all the older people, the adult people, and he kept all the teenage folks and below. Bam. They're going into the promised land because they were obedient. You folks didn't believe you could make it. You doubted your ability. You're not going in the promised land. So when you get to this chapter here, you're talking to the people who made it, except Joshua and Caleb, the two older guys. These two guys now, are over their 60s. They're in their 60s. Joshua, Joshua's over 65, 70. Caleb is about uh, 85. He says his age, he's 85. And I want you to notice with me several observations. There are four observations about Caleb at 85 that I think stand out to me that are phenomenal. Number one, Caleb was not slow to celebrate the fact that he was alive. He was not slow to celebrate the fact that he was alive. I'm alive, he said in verse ten. He was clear. He said, "Listen to me now. Then, just as the Lord had promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years. I'm alive. I like that because I mean, if you're not careful, when you get to this age, I'm serious, you start acting like you're old. You start acting like you're going in the grave. You know, you start thinking it, and the way you say it, you know, I'm getting old now. I'm just getting old. I'm old. You know, I'm old, and I." (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Caleb said, I'm alive. I'm not just, oh, I'm alive. I feel, are you alive? Now, you, do you act alive? What's, why are you walking like that? Why are you acting like that? Why don't you do something to take care of yourself? Why are you letting yourself, just let yourself go? You get old. you just stop taking care, don't get your hair done, don't get, your, don't get a haircut no more, you just, everything just turning all kinds of colors, you don't care, you don't care, you don't you, you floss anymore. You just let everything go. Teeth fall out your dad, I'm getting old. it don't matter. If you're not careful, you start not taking care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to check yourself because you're getting older. Take a bath. And then keep You got to bathe until you die. You can't stop bathing. You can't stop taking care of yourself. You got to walk, exercise, stop sitting in the house fussing at the grandkids and stuff. You got to get up and take care of yourself. You're alive. If you're rolling, roll faster. Do something. Don't just sit there and die. Why are you doing that? Why are you just doing that? Caleb said, no, I'm 85 and I'm still alive, which means you can be, it's up to you. You have to make sure you don't eat yourself into a bad place or put yourself in a place because you don't want to hear it. Listen to anybody. And you know, when you get old, you get cranky. If you ain't careful, you start, oh, I am an old dog, I'm an old dog. Don't tell me what to do. Well, you're a, you're a dying dog. If you're not careful, you don't want to do that. I'm sorry. You don't want You don't want that to happen to you. So you need to pause for a second. Number one, I'm talking to you. I'm nice. Come on. I'm a nice guy. Be nice to me. I'm I'm saying the truth. I'm saying this guy says I'm alive. Secondly, let me keep moving here because you don't turn me off yet. Caleb was not slow about telling his age and length of time in the fight. He told him his age. Now, I know people don't tell the age, especially women. Some of you just are real picky about that. Okay, I understand. I understand. Okay, you don't want to tell it, you don't have to tell it. You know, uh, that's up to you. But he was proud of his age. It was a gift from God. God let him live. Let everybody know I'm 85. 85, people. Well, 85. He, he let it out. I love it. I love his attitude. I love his, I love his spunk. I love his, you know, because what it does is it inspires somebody else to think, well, boy, I could be like you at 85, right? That's what it does for me. It, let me tell you, without him telling me his age, I'm not excited. It's when somebody looks at you and go, wow, at 85, you can still be, wow, at 85, you can still be, yeah, you are not dying because you're 50. I'm 85, I love it, I love it. I got somebody right now, she's watching, she always watches, right? And she's 98, I think she's 98, yeah, she's going to be 99, yeah, she's going to be 99, just, yeah, coming up, (laughs) and she's an inspiration to me, I should give her a shout out, yes, she you knows who she is. But she's amazing. She inspires me. She, matter of fact, she's the single person in my life who's inspired me to believe I'm young still. Because everybody else starts telling you, oh, you're old. And you know, they say, you look good for your age. You know, that your age part, you know. But there's something she'll say, oh, don't listen to those people. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm the one. I'm 98. I'll tell you when you're old. You're not there yet. And there's something vibrant about that kind of attitude. Some of us are the way we are because we're around people who always make what we are seem awful. It doesn't have to be awful. Where you are can be amazing if you make it so. Third thing that impresses me about this. Caleb was not slow uh, about taking care of himself and staying physically strong. Verse 11 is outstanding. I am still strong today. And then he goes on to say, I'm just as vigorous as I was when I was younger. I'm I'm still strong. I'm still, I'm still strong. I I don't know. We're not in an environment sometimes that encourages us to keep ourselves up. This is a guy who wanted to be fit because this is your car, not your car you drive in. This is your vehicle. You got to work on this thing. And I've been guilty of not giving it all. But I'm telling you, I'm there. I'm clear. That's part of my moving faster, not being too slow. I've done okay, but I can do better. Number four. Caleb was not slow about describing his ambitions to broaden his territory. He said, you know, I want you to give me this. And the King James, it says, give me in verse 12. He said, give me this mountain and the NIV, it says, give me this, this, this territory. I want this, I want this territory. I want, I want, I want this hill country. I want you to give me this hill country. And it was Hebron. I want you to give me this whole land, the bottom half here, Southern, Southern Palestine. Now I want you to give me this land. That's what I want for me. This is a guy with a vision. This is a guy with a passion. This is a guy with, a, with drive. He wants something. What do you want other than your grandchildren to come sit at you and you tell them stories? I remember when, when I was your age, you didn't even have grits to eat. And all we used to do was sit around and hope we could get a grit. One day, some neighbor brought us some grits over. Who wants to hear this story? People don't, I mean, I, I understand. Listen, I understand your story is your story. But what are you doing now? What's your current dream? What's your current? Well, I ain't got one, Reverend. Okay, get attitude. You're missing my point. I'm trying to tell you something. This is the guy who's your age, 85. He's older than some of you watching. And notice his attitude. I want that hill country. I want to advance. I want to broaden my territory there comes a, look, you're wiser, let me say it again, you're wiser than you've ever been. You have more knowledge than you ever had. And some of you have more money, not all of you, but some of you have money and you still act like you're dying. You still have no plan, no dream, nothing. You're not making any investments. You just have given up. Why? And then you're praying this prayer. God, could you please help me? What can he do? What do you want him to do? Come take your feet and make him walk. What do you want him to do? Make you exercise, make you take charge of your life. What do you want God to do? If you're not willing to try, there's nothing he can do. It's not how it works. You know that, right? You lived a long time. You saw that you had to sow to reap. You had to to labor. You had to get involved. God didn't just take your life and make it happen. You worked. There's something about taking this next step like Caleb did. But let me talk to the young people. He laid a good foundation. He didn't stop. See, right now, you adult kids, you teenage kids, if you take care of yourself, when you get to this age, you'll be better off. You won't be be in a position where you can't do. And if you're not careful, if you don't change your habits, when you get to be in those senior years, they won't be dignified. You'll lose your dignity. Because you won't be able to take care of yourself. You won't be able to do things because you didn't take care of yourself. And some of you older people say, well, that's, what, that's my case. I didn't take care of myself, so what do I do now? Start today. You can you, use what you have. You can't dwell on what you didn't do. Start where you are and try to make it better. You can make it better from where you are in your life. If you just try and you're open, you're honest and you're humble. Just a thought. There's four observations about Caleb that I thought were helpful. I hope those four helped you. Let me ask you a question. Describe your attitude at this senior season of your life. I want you to think about that for a minute. Describe your attitude at this senior season of your life. At this season of your life, I want you to think about your attitude. Are you slowly starting to act like you are not alive? You acting like one of them grave people? Like a zombie? Is that you? Secondly, are you slowly starting to say your age? You use, are you st- slowly starting to use your age as an excuse? I can't do that because I'm old. I can't do that because I'm old. I can't do that because I'm old. <laughs> so we just watch you die because you keep saying what you can't do. If you keep saying what you can't do and you can't do it, what can we do about that? Number three, are you physically where you could be if you tried harder? Would a little physical therapy help you? Would some effort, I mean, maybe a little painful, but would some effort make a difference? Could it be? Number four, are you planning to broaden your territory or not? Are you planning to broaden your territory or not? Are you, are you is there a plan? Now here's the deal. If you don't have a plan, nobody has a plan. There's one thing that I say all the time that I one of my little sayings, nobody is planning for your success. If you don't plan for it, nobody else is planning for it. Nobody is planning for your success. Nobody is. And if if you can get that in your mind and realize this is truly your responsibility, your life can be different. Now, I'm going to close with four closing personal notes, I call them. These are things that I just have experienced in my life that I think might be helpful to you. Four closing thoughts. You ready? And this this will help you understand my journey. Number one, growing up, I never knew a senior person that retired with enough money to live a comfortable life. I was not around a person who was 65 years old who had money. I, I, I just wasn't. Maybe some of you can relate to that, but I, I never knew any. The people that I knew, they might have had a few hundred dollars a month, or, but they didn't have thousands. They didn't travel the world. I never was around that. So I never had that as a possibility. As a matter of fact, I didn't really have a vision of a future season. I didn't really know what that would look like. I didn't. And because I didn't know what it would look like, I never thought about it. So even when I was planning for retirement, my plans didn't have, oh, Uncle John or Uncle Smith or whatever, I remember him and he taught me this, I, none of that. So if you don't know anybody that's at retirement age, that has a lot of money, that lives a healthy, strong, you, you tend not to know what to do yourself. And so in my mind, in my life, there were some deficits there. And you, you, <laughs> if you're not around it, you can't see it. And I'll talk about that in a minute. It's called network poverty. I'll talk about that in a minute. Number two, growing up, I never had a senior person that allowed me to know the details of their lives. So senior people would say, oh, that's none of your business. I'm not going to tell you about my money now. I'm not going to show you what I got. So you don't know. You don't know what they have. You don't know how much money they have. You don't know anything. You have a fantasy in your life. You go to your grandma's house and she feeds you, but you don't realize that you just ate her for a week's supply of her food because she only makes $700, $800 a month. But you don't care about that because you never ask. You just go to her house and eat. Right. Right. You never bring groceries. It's amazing how many men um, and women, young women don't understand because there's no one that's older than them that says, let me show you what can happen to you, good or bad. Number three, growing up, I never had a senior person that was really physically fit that that ate well, except my mom. My mom was a really good eater. She really was. But I never really had that as an example. They were trying to eat everything they could. They had all the stuff that you want to eat, they ate it. I, I, didn't, I never was given any advice from a senior person, don't eat this. I was told, eat what you want to eat. As a matter of fact, empty your plate. People put fl- plate in front of you, don't waste it. So a lot of people overeat because they don't want to, quote, waste food. But you pile the plate up, and or you went to the restaurant and they pile the plate up, and you just want to make sure you clean the plate. So you end up with this bad eating habit of eating all this extra food you don't need. Oh boy, love love number four. Growing up, I never had a senior person who traveled the world and told me about it, except at college. When I went to college, I met some senior people and they traveled the world. And I saw in um, the religious family I was in, I saw over the years, people who went to Asia and Africa and that inspired my faith. As a matter of fact, what changed me was getting around people who changed my life, which led me to the word network poverty. Let's talk about that for a minute. I've learned that the words of Bruce Wexler are true. Here's what he said. The period of development between birth and early adulthood is crucial. During this period, the brain depends upon sensory stimulation to develop physically, and the functional and structural organization of the brain is strongly influenced by the nature of that stimulation. Now, in simple, you are what you're around. You're stimulated. Your brain is all stimulated. Your sensory, all of that, your senses rather, all of that is stimulated by what you are exposed to. If you're not exposed to anything, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know because you've never been around it, and it's called network poverty. Your network is too poor to give you information. I lived down the street from University of Southern California, USC. I lived about... I mean, when I say down the street, I used to play... I used to ride my bike. I used to run and exercise across the street maybe 50 feet from USC. It was on the other side of Exposition Boulevard. I would jog over here and run as a t- even as a teenager and, 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 and even as a young adult. And then uh, across the street was USC, but I never walked on the campus. And I didn't know one student. I didn't know one college student when I was younger, not one. I didn't know one personally. I couldn't say so-and-so went to this school or that school. I didn't know anybody. My network didn't have that kind of rich exposure. And that's called network poverty. See, the reason some people never do things in some, some cultures, some minorities never. Some, it's not just blacks, it's whites. Oh, a lot of us, net, your network is too poor. They don't give good financial advice. They're not there to give you insight. So you don't know what to do, what school, what class to take. When I went to college, it's so funny. When I first went to college, I went alone to orientation. I went by myself. My mom was working. I mean, I went alone. I didn't know what I was doing. I took classes in my first year and I went to a junior college for a first year. I, I never talk about this, but I went to LA junior college for my first year and I was a mess. I was taking all kinds of stuff I didn't need and they didn't care. Nobody, no counselor set me down and said, they don't think, what are you doing? What are you trying to be? They just threw me in law. You want to take law? Take law. You want to take this? Take that. I just, I was having fun. It wasn't until really I was 19 years old and I went to a Bible college and that's when I started at, at Life Pacific University now. That's where I I went. My undergrad and my master's degree was from there. I did not understand a lot of things. Network poverty. Just didn't have it in my my world. So you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. My kids, when they went to school, (laughs) no network poverty. Me, their mom. But let me just say, Diane, she should have been a school counselor. That girl's bad every day. My wife, oh man, uh, I mean, she, her mom, a schoolteacher, Diane. Diane was, Diane's just a bad lady, I'm telling you that She's just flat, flat-out gifted. And she, she knew their classes, helped them pick their classes. She was like a school counselor. She's amazing. But our network was richer. So it's not just money, it's knowledge, it's wisdom. Turn left, turn right, stop here. Don't do that. Don't study this way, study that way. Read this first and write that is network wealth. That's what you need. But, but some of us who are seniors, the reason we're where we are is because our network's been poor all of our life. The greatest thing you can leave anybody as a senior is the wisdom you have, the knowledge you have. That's why I keep saying you're in a situation now where just the knowledge you have makes you wealthy. Your knowledge that you have, you know about money, you know about life. If you started a business now, it would run better because you know what you're doing. Net worth, wealth. Man, I'm telling you, this is a powerful concept. And I'm telling you, you can change your life. It can make everything different. And I believe that when you hear from God, you'll see it. I hope this series has helped you. I'm getting ready for a brand new turn in a minute. I'm gonna take you on another journey next time. We're gonna talk about hearing God and protecting your future. Next time, I'm gonna take a little turn, take you down a path about how do you know you heard the voice of God. How do you know that you've heard God right? What is it that you can do to help you get it right? How can you be sure that what you believe is God's will for your life? That's our next study. But I want to pray for you today, because for some of you that are in that senior season, I've inspired you to think again. And some of you that are young adults, I've helped you see you're coming to that season. These are seasons you've got to learn to adjust to and don't take forever. Don't be too slow. Get up and take care of your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God today and all that we've studied together. May this message help them, lift them and inspire them to see beyond where they are. May they not sit there and wait to die. May they rise up and live. And Father, I thank you for the young adults who want control of their life. May they they say, yes, I got control, but may they learn how to operate in wisdom. And may the younger open their heart to the wisdom of the older. And may the older share the wisdom with the younger. And Father, I thank you and praise you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been fun. It's been a great study. I hope it blessed your life. If you like it, link it and send it to a friend. And if you don't know Christ, this is the time for you to pray this final prayer with me and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. This could be that moment when you make a commitment to God to say, I hear you, God. I know. Some of you have been living in the wrong what place with the wrong attitude and you're losing out on God's best for you. It's not too late. Because you still can hear my voice, so let's pray. Father, I pray for those who don't know you as Savior. May this be that moment they come to Christ, open their hearts to a transforming moment, and may the work of God be strong in their life. We thank you for them in Jesus' name, Amen. Listen. Well, I hope that helped you. I hope you were blessed by today's message. I hope it lifted your heart. I hope it helped you see you can live. You're not dead because you're getting older. If anything, you can be like Caleb and you can be a person who says, give me this town. Give me this new business. Give me this new idea. You're smarter than you've ever been. You heard me say that, right? You're smarter than you've ever been. So don't you let this season of your life make you think you can't dream again. And If you didn't do what you should have done, start doing it now. Let's pray. Father, I pray for them today that they've heard a message that will inspire them in this season of their life. If they're younger, may inspire them to prepare. If they're older, may inspire them to go to dream again. And so I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with me today. I pray it blessed you. If you like the message, link it, send it to a friend and let somebody else be blessed. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.